Did any of them make the the trek from Hawaii to Missouri? We, you know, we almost had we, we had one that almost did, and then she died. Oh, that's Sorry, just turned out. Let that one. Story. Huh? Yeah, I almost missed great, that golden nugget. Great story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Fido, we're going to the mainland. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Welcome to We Don't Deserve Dogs, quarantine edition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was such an exasperated, yeah. yeah. how my quarantine's uh, going. Yeah. I'm Richie Redding and my exasperated co-host. And Dr. Lisa Lippman. Yes, we are doing it. Um, we have a Zoom call guest and, I mean, we could not have built from the ground a better guest for We Don't Deserve Dogs. He's a dog chef, a dog dad, a dog podcaster. He's the owner of The Dog Bakery in California and the host of the Dodo podcast called An Animal Save My Life. It's Rocky Kanaka. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. 1.6 million subs on YouTube. Yeah. They're all dogs, some cats. Well, I am one of them, not to brag. One person <laughs> and the rest are dogs. I, what an amazing lane you have with your your YouTube with with dog related stuff. I mean, it's uh it's some of the most emotional yeah. videos I've ever seen. Oh my god, so cute. So good. Thanks. We try to keep it fun, but it, yeah, it's hard not to you know, there's a lot of emotion that goes into loving pets and, and showing pets. And so, you know, I was well, I, I thought at first I was gonna do a beauty channel. Uh, that didn't work out for me. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> no, he's not serious. Wait, you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if I really did? And then, yeah, you guys just started ripping on me. You're right. Then I would have been the asshole. I would have taken it. Yep, you're <laughs> right. The man has lovely eyebrows. You can that tell from the Zoom call. True. Look at that. He's a, well, he's a well-kempt fella. Look at those teeth. Those are LA teeth. For sure. Yeah. Which, which by the way, on, on this Zoom call, I have to point out that I have not always looked like this. Can you see the, uh, yeah. the racing stripes I've I, carved in my head I've there? I've always wanted to do that. I, what, what is it? Tell me about this. Well, I realized at 41 years old that I've had the same haircut for about 38 of those years. Okay. So, uh, and I was woofing hard from the, uh, from the quarantine. Yeah. So I got myself some $13 clippers from CVS. <laughs> I just went to town on this shit. And I, I can't do it with the headphones on, yeah. but I've got a pretty strong mohawk. And in the wow. back there, too, I don't know if you can see, I'm yeah. trying to work on it. Uh, I don't know if a, a that is cool has ever been done, but uh, yeah, I, I like to refer to this hairstyle as the good lore's favor. That's what I, I think. I, I really like it. I really like it. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, how much would you like as a thirteen-year-old boy? Like, wouldn't have that have been so awesome to put those stairs in at that point? Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, but you couldn't, right? Like, did you do that when you were a kid? I couldn't. My mom wouldn't let me do that. I think I had like one line once. Oh man! But I never had three. That's for sure. Will you do me a, a seriously consider this? I know we don't know each other that well yet, but seriously <laughs> consider this for me. On the mm-hmm. other side, will you do the lightning bolt? Oh, it's already <laughs> it's it's in the works. Lisa's uh-huh. going to have to do it though because I'm a righty. What I was thinking about doing at first was the wild thing, Ricky Vaughn, but I, I don't have enough mullet to start off with for that. 
And it would also, there'd have to be some costume jewelry involved as well. But uh, <laughs> we've gotten off track again. But I, I, it's only dudes that like it. Like I've, I've had so many like forty-five-year-old guys like that's badass. But also, in my defense, I haven't always had this horrible porn stash either. But it's quarantine, so yeah. well, and you, we're dealing. And you can't leave him right now. That's the problem. He's he's very brazen because you can't leave him. But you know what? <laughs> yeah, be careful because you might only have another couple weeks of that, and she, you know, you, then she's yeah. got the power. As long as he keeps cooking. That's all that. Well, and also her calves currently look like my lip. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You shave my shave, babe. You shave my shave. (laughs) That's a good deal. I like that deal. Yeah, I like that deal. But I guess I want to know also, so how, what, so how did you grow up? Did you grow up with dogs and sort of what, how did all of like, how did you get to be you? Yeah. So, you know, and that's a good question because that, that's probably the question I get the most that uh, when I started this journey, I didn't. I didn't realize other people would be, would go, Hey, I, I want to do that. Or how do you do that? Or how do you get started? And so, uh, I, fa- I found myself telling that story a lot. And the great news about it is I'm nothing special. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like I'm a chef who was, was trained professionally and, you know, I have elite restaurants. I'm more of like the, the one minute, five minute chef where I'm like, yeah, you know, this is how you make mac and cheese out of your camper. Uh-huh. Because, the thing with fostering dogs and rescuing dogs and helping dogs, there's no playbook. You just, each animal is different. Each, you learn a little bit from every experience, uh, you know. And so, so I just started, you know, when I was a kid, was I around animals a lot? Yes. Uh, but I don't necessarily know if that is, well, I, I know it's not required to help animals because you, you go on that journey together. So let's, let's go through your, uh, your pet history. And where you're from originally. I think that's interesting. So originally from uh, Hawaii, yeah. born on the islands. Red. You know, was raised by the dolphins. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, I went to high school in Missouri. Because like Hawaii is maybe the only place in America where it's like kind of tough to be a white guy. Right? Yeah. You know, is it was really healthy for me, I think, because most white guys don't know what it's like to be the min- minority and get picked yeah. up. To be bullied by an enormous Samoan. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so I did. I got picked on a lot, which I think is- They call you Halley boy? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. 100%. Which I think is a bit healthy, you know, in the right doses. Uh, Because it really helps you, you know, in a lot of those situations, you go, okay, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to develop humor or am I going to- um, you know, show kindness. It's just like a, a dog, right? Fight or flight. Uh, pretty sure I just heard birds. Chir- is there birds in your house? Or second <laughs> so, question, follow-up question. Are you in a garage that has a couch in it? Yeah, this is the uh, the garage studio that was just the garage and then quarantine happened. And now <laughs> I am stuck in here working out of here. It's my office, my garage, everything. Okay, this all makes sense. But you, like, I... I, I didn't, before I looked over and saw that piece of the door, I thought that it was just like a, a living room. Oh yeah. I, kinda, I thought so too, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay. well, in LA, you don't have, a, if you have a garage, it's, it's an extended part of your house because you can't, you know, you, there's not enough room. So every part of your, like you wouldn't park your car in a garage in LA. Yeah. Right. Well, you could <laughs> just stick it to somebody and uh, Airbnb that thing. Yeah. And just stand by for some shitty reviews. <laughs> I don't know. And a, a garage like this in LA, oh man, that, that might be nice, you know? Yeah, it'd be $900 a month right there, at least. <laughs> well, in this this whole quarantine life, like, 
the neighbors, oh my God, they're, they're something. And, and everyone, I had no idea how, how many times people mowed their lawns and it's just crazy, but I can't say a word because I have dogs and they bark. And so I'm, I'm sure people are just like, oh, I hate my neighbor. They have dogs <laughs> and they're always new dogs, foster dogs we're bringing in. So barking all the time. So I, I, I can't say, I can't be like, shut up. I'm trying to do a podcast. Richie's complained about our neighbors who are not even our neighbors. They're my parents' neighbors. So, you know, that's <laughs> how neighbors go, I guess. Yeah. For some reason, they don't use inside voices when they're outside and it bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> it bugs me good. <laughs> but, okay. So, so we're back in Hawaii. So, so you had pets in Hawaii? Yeah. So uh, I grew up with, uh, with pets. Um, we... At the, at the time, this wasn't this. I don't think this was as common. Myself and a lot of other people have worked to make rescue and adoption, you know, cool and the right thing to do and the right choice. Uh, but when I was growing up, that wasn't the case. But somehow we always adopted dogs, or they found their way. Strays found their way to us, and we took them in. And uh, we always tried to find their home first. But um, but a lot of times, you know, they didn't. They were strays because no one wanted them. And so uh, yeah, so we always. Mom was really good about letting us adopt animals all the time. <laughs> so were you like constantly in the lookout because you knew it was going to be a yes? <laughs> no, but I, I wish I could. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> just collecting. Yeah. That's funny. I'm a full grown adult now. And you just mentioned that. And I'm like, crap, I really missed my opportunity. Would have been sweet. <laughs> Did any of them make the the trek from Hawaii to Missouri? We, you know, we almost had we, we had one that almost did, and then she died. Oh, Sorry, just turned out real sad. That one. Story. Huh? Yeah, I almost missed great, that golden nugget. Great story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Fido, we're going to the mainland. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you enjoyed that. I don't know why that tickled me so uh, much. Also, I think at some point in this interview, we have to uh, to mention that Lisa has today. Chloe uh, pulled something or something. She cried, and Lisa has now hit. Our listeners know that she's already overloaded. She's now at peak levels. There's no nobody else can get injured in her life. She's she's maxed out on patience. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. totally. Did you see patients today? No, no, I'm not working. I'm literally just taking care of my parents, you know. I mean, yeah. we talked about it before. I guess I can give a little recap, yeah. And now um, Chloe. My mom was intubated and ventilated for 8 days and my dad for 20 days. My dad's still in the hospital, but Making small progress every day. Um, it's a roller coaster, but small progress. Move. I was told Richie's dad actually told me yesterday. Even roller coasters move forward, so that's what we're doing. That's a great line. Um, but it was a good line. But uh, yeah, two days ago, Chloe tried to jump. When I was on the phone with my dad's nurse in the hospital trying to get an update, Chloe tried to get on the couch and she screamed. And then and it's the she, worst sound yeah. in the world. And then she started just holding up her left leg and shivering and crying and then like walked it off. Oh, yeah. And then we got her on a bunch of pain medication. And the next day she seemed to be feeling better. And then today she did it again. So she's on strict bed rest and all the drugs now. Um, so many drugs. I think she probably just tweaked her lower back. But um, yes, we are set for a zombie apocalypse over here, which you should be too. If you, if you, I hope you have a good relationship with your vet with four dogs. I always like to set up all of my clients for the zombie apocalypse. I say we're pretty much in it now and uh, it's good. We have all the drugs, <laughs> even injectable ones. Well, also 
Lisa doesn't let us go camping without some injectable drugs for Chloe, just in case. Hiking. We don't go hiking without injectable yeah. drugs. It's true. Like She could have an allergic reaction. Like a 40-minute hike. We don't go near the edge of the woods without a syringe on us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's real crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. L- let me ask you a, a, a vet question. Yes. So when, yeah, we, we, at home, like when one of the dogs... They, they like yelp or something mm-hmm. happens. We, we kind of freeze. You're like, yeah, it's the worst. It's blood curdling. But as a vet, do you like jump into action and start doing diagnosis right away? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's cool. Definitely. I mean, it's harder on your own dog. It's definitely harder to think when it comes to her. Like I basically took a video and sent it to all my vet friends and was like, please think for me. I'm not in thinking mode. And, um, and especially when it comes to your own pet, it's harder. Like I couldn't. What I couldn't do with her though was like I didn't I couldn't like flex and extend her hip like I wanted to. I like couldn't create pain, you know, like I would with an like trying to localize a spot on an exam on another pet. I couldn't I couldn't do that with her. So she's been uh, my friend's best guesses via video right now. Um, but yeah, the second things start happening for sure, I'm in that mode. Absolutely, what's going on? How can I fix it? Got to be in the fixer mode. That's, that's kind of cool. I, yeah, I never thought about that. I always, I largely just freeze. <laughs> it's uh, definitely on you to do the fixing. Yeah. But, but I did call Richie for more support. I was like, you pet her and let me like feel and troubleshoot and stuff. I'm so. good for shushing and head petting. And roast beef today. When it happened today, you got her roast beef with some pills. And I did hide some pills inside some roast beef. Yeah, that was great. I actually know that from my own uh, addict days. That's what You're- I do to oh. myself. <laughs> just jam a sandwich up with pills. <laughs> Uh, but so that is my life, but Rocky's life, Rocky Uh, Kanaka, which is just the best name. I just feel like I'm sure everybody addresses it, but is it, is it, it sounds Hawaiian. It's very Hawaiian, right? Yeah. I'm a hundred percent white. It's Hawaiian, (laughs) (laughs) but my, my full name is actually Ekanaka Ekanakakua. (gasps) Wow. That's cool. That sounds Hawaiian as fuck. Wow. So, so the, the. It was neat because uh, Auntie Nona Beamer, who has since passed, she was a um, really important person in uh, in Hawaii, and she gave me that name uh, when I was born. And so I'm 100% white. I have that name. That did help me get picked on a little bit less. Um, uh-huh. And Kanaka is not uh, – uh, Kanaka is just a derivative of that. Like there's no – you know, Kanaka uh, means a man. It means a human being. Um, and yeah, so – that's where the Kanaka comes from. But when I moved to the mainland, it was, uh, you know, the, uh, in Hawaii, Kanaka, that made a lot of sense because <laughs> Hawaiians wouldn't say, oh, hey, uh, hey, Kanaka, okay, cool. You want to go to the grocery store with me? Right. <laughs> like, you wouldn't use the whole thing. <laughs> say it again. Uh, e Kanaka, e Hana, Ana, no, okay, Akua. Okay. <laughs> like What's that? the fish? Remember we went to Hawaii? The, the oh, fish? the state fish of Hawaii. Oh, well, this is still animals. We're still ta- technically talking yeah. about animals. Yeah. yeah. Does, wait, does a vet work on fish? Oh, yeah. We actually had a fish vet on the podcast. We got he, a guy. he does He does <laughs> dentistry on fish. We got a guy. He does surgery he put on braces fish. on a fish. What? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Some but, dentistry. Uh, but what is, what's the state fish of Hawaii? It's like thirty nine letters or something crazy. I don't even know. I don't even know it. I <laughs> I'm horrible. I should. We learned it in school. I can't even remember the. How, yeah, you only it. know your seventy but, but, letter yeah, you're right. name. It, it's something crazy. But yeah, so uh, so we moved from Hawaii to Missouri. We lived in Missouri for a while and said. See ya. <laughs> and then moved out to California. <laughs> in Missouri, like, you know, what what was the experience there? Because, I mean, obviously you're in a totally different world now compared to Hawaii. So, you know, Missouri was, was I think, I credit Missouri a lot to my upbringing 
Um, yeah, because there, I when we would go back and forth, we um, we grew up really poor, so we didn't have much. And one way we kind of worked our way, earned our keep, was working on farms. What kind of farms? That's a good question. A lot of people don't ever ask that question. So a couple different farms. Uh, one was a dairy farm, and then the rest were just kind of general purpose farms. So uh, there were there were really only three that I that we stayed at kind of long term and and ongoing. And two of them were general purpose farms, and then one was a dairy farm. So we really learned a lot about, and when we say we, I mean mainly me, me myself. Um, but you know, you just learn a lot about how life works and about how animals work. And these were these were not big industrial farms. There were fewer of those even at that time. Were you like actually tending to the animals? Yeah, yeah, tending to the animals, going you know anywhere from waking up at four thirty a.m. to feeding them to uh, it, you know, well, you would under. I'm glad a vet's on this call, but you know, when we go through uh, castration for all the, all the pigs and like, you know, learning that as a kid, you go, okay, (laughs) this is how life works. Wait. So was that like a day? There's like castration day? Pretty gnarly. At least when we did it, you'd line up all the pigs and they'd come one by one. You'd flip them over have a razor and then disinfect it, (gasps) clean it up, stitch it up and they're on to the next. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's how the farm vets that I know do it. But I mean, probably in the old days. I mean, there's lots of different ways that people have tried, Ooh. like putting like rubber bands around the testicles Ooh. until they fall off. That's not a thing, by the way. I would not recommend that at all. But people have tried that. Um, yeah, there's probably like way more humane ways. But um, I don't know. I don't castrate pigs. Pigs are pigs can be. I mean, crazy. They're hard. Yeah, they're hard. Totally crazy. Yeah, it it was Um, myself and like three full-grown men on each on each pig, and they were. I mean, they were. I don't know if they'd still be piglets, but they were young. Yeah, yeah. Dude, so did you have to go to school after waking up at four thirty and cutting off pig balls? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but I think everyone at school was probably doing the same. Social studies covered in mud and pig ball blood. I think you shower. Bro. <laughs> yeah, they have they do have showers on farms still. Huh. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Well what I did I did a dairy rotation in vet school and I there were I mean I lived in the dairy hospital for two weeks and uh but yeah, we we talked a little bit about this. You know, I think dairy rotations are actually they're actually a lot harder to see than beef cattle because beef cattle are free roaming and they sort of get to eat and live off the land most of the time, and then they fatten them up with like yummy fatty food at the end. I mean, it's not that simple, but the dairy rotations are, you know, people, Somebody people, from Peter's head just exploded hearing well, that, that explanation well, say of beef was, cattle. No, but it's, I mean, they are, a lot of them are free ranging, whereas the dairy cattle live in like stanchions and are pregnant, you know, 365 days a year. Um, I mean, not through, I think there's actually like a 60 day dry up period that they have to have, but you know, people don't even realize like you get milk, like that cows need to be pregnant in order to give milk or like what actually happens, you know, is a rotate. I always say it's a rotation. I think everybody should do for life, you know, just to see where their food comes from. It doesn't come from the supermarket. I told you, I've tried to get a job milking dairy cows a bunch (laughs) of times, but they never return my calls. (laughs) They're stingy with those cow nipples. Yeah, they're stingy with yeah. the nipples. Yeah, they. Uh, it is. It is pretty gnarly. I've, I did the dairy rotation too, and the farm I was on, 
like I say, it was pretty boutique, the, the dairy farm. But we visited another dairy farm, and they at the time, they had uh, the electric cattle prods. Uh-huh. Oh, hell no. And I yeah. saw that, and, and I threw a fit. The farmer I was with held me back, and, uh, and he's like, you can't, you can't say anything, you can't do anything. And I'm like, this is un- unbelievable. And, and, you know, he, he, was like, he was like, it's just part of the industry. It's just what happens. I was like, well, you don't do it. And he's like, well, no, it's not right. And I'm like, well, then why aren't you upset? You know, and then I got upset at him. And then that's not good because he was, you know, he was uh, putting food on the table for me at the time. So that was a little awkward for a good month or two. And that's the day I kicked my boss's ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that, let's take a quick break and uh, let's get back on track and hear about them dogs, man. And we're back. So uh, tell us about when did you first get uh, dogs of your own? Well, so I, there are very few times in my life that I haven't had a dog. Uh, I've just always had dogs. And I, I think, uh, yeah, they've always, <laughs> they've always just found me. Uh, but but I, I feel like the first time I really became an adult and made a decision that dogs are going to be in my life and I'm always going to be grabbing them and rotating them and what, you know, whatever it is, fostering. Um, the, the the dog that's really been most impactful on me is one of my dogs that I have now that uh, for about eight years, uh, he's eight years old, and his name is Aww. Flip. I've seen videos so of Flip. So cute. Flip is the man. He, he is the dog. You know, he's a dog's dog. Like, he just, he's gentle and kind and loving and funny and fun and plays and he's respectful. Big old and, boxer head. Yeah. I mean, he, he just, he just, he has it. He has it. And How did so, you get him? So he came from a rescue group called uh, Marley's Mutts. And I was out. We were doing some donation stuff. And this dog, it was, it was kind of cute and sad at the same time because this dog was just, he was following me around and um, and he was tripping. He was just like wiping out. And, and at first I thought maybe like I was, you know, he was tripping on my heel or something. And then I, I'd kind of step back and, and watch him. And he, he just, he'd walk and then he'd wipe out. And it's, it's like he never didn't know how to walk. And then I'd talk to the rescue and they're like, oh, yeah, he uh, they bobbed his tail wrong. So they couldn't sell him. So they just left him in a crate and then animal control came and got him. So he he had oh, yeah. uh, never likely never been out of the crate for four months when they pulled up. So he didn't know how to walk. Oh, did he get like the what's it called when they're when their feet? Get yeah, atrophy. By, okay, it's just plain old atrophy. I didn't know if there's some kind of. So he's like it. paws. They were like fused together. Oh. So I, you can see me on here, but. But it was like there was no wrist, right? You, he couldn't bend a wrist or he couldn't bend an ankle. And so he would – the reason his name's Flip is he would have to flip up his paw to walk. Oh, I thought it was because he was just wiping out that he just flipped over. <laughs> well, it could be that too. <laughs> the good thing about him being a boxer or, or at least majority boxer is they're such goofy dogs anyway. So like it was it was very fitting for him and and he rebounded fairly fairly easy. And uh, the good, now he – you know, we, we did a lot of work, a lot of therapy and – um, and you know, the walking and walking led into running and, you know, the dude will run good four or five miles with me on a, on a cool day. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, in, when Chloe's in her peak shape, I thought I was going to get her to run with me and it would be like three blocks and then she would just drop an anchor so hard. <laughs> it's like, nope, you're running, bro. I'm standing right here. You used to run up and down the steps with her too. That is, yeah, that was always my move. To in, If it was like snowing or raining, I would do like make her run like 50 flights of stairs in our building. 
toast. Yeah. Instant, <laughs> instant uh, tired dog. So, so he was your first. Flip was your first. Yeah, you know, first, uh, first my dog, like mm-hmm. just with me at all times. No one, no one else shared. Like just you know, we go everywhere together and do everything together. And he is, he is hands down my best friend. And then people go, well, what about your wife? Well, she's also my best friend. <laughs> and you can have more than one best friend. <laughs> as long as yeah. it's a dog. You can be a, a best friend polygamist. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's me. <laughs> that's what they call so me. So who's the squad that's in your house right now? So we have uh, Flip. And then the leader in our home actually right now is Zoe. And she's a little mud terrier, maybe Maltese mix. And, uh, and she is a dog through and through. She can live on the streets, eat out of the trash can. She doesn't need us. Uh, so, you know, largely we're just a, here to feed her and we're a bother. Um, <laughs> ever so often she'll demand a butt scratch and, and then we do that. Um, but yeah, but she's still awesome. She's an awesome dog, but she's just so independent. It's ridiculous. Um, and so she's only like eight or nine pounds, but she, she leads the pack. It's that terrier in her that just, she's the boss. Um, yeah. And then we have, uh, we just recently, we lost a little guy. It was a little min pin dude. And, um, and he is, he passed away. Unfortunately, he was a senior, mm. uh, kidney failure. <clears throat> so I think I saw some videos that he was in. Yeah. Snoop. He was, yeah. oh man, he was a good one. Aww. Yeah. Uh, and he was really close to my wife too. So that was, that was really hard for her. He's the kind of dog that like just would cuddle at all times. And, you know, it, it's amazing how, even though he was, you know, seven pounds, they can leave such a big hole. Like he had just such a big presence. Oh yeah. I mean, there've been studies that say, you know, sometimes the grief is harder than losing a person. I mean, I think it's just so dependent, you know, Yeah. but uh, yeah, there's definitely the grief is very, very real. I think, I think you're right. And you know what I've noticed about the grief? I think I have it figured out. One, yeah, dogs, <laughs> dogs are better than people. But, but I think what the, the weird thing is when someone, when a person passes, everyone goes, ah, I'm sorry. Like they get where you're at. They understand it. When a dog passes, half of the people go, oh no, I get it. I'm so sorry. The other half are like, well, it's just a dog. Right. You know, so there is that weird, you're not, you're not supposed to be able to grieve the same as you would a person. You shouldn't be as sad. And so then yeah, you're not given the same space kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it it almost makes you feel trapped and then it, it almost hurts more and it's harder to walk through. I don't know. Or, or work through. Have, have, huh. have you guys, have you lost a dog that, that has been your dog? Yeah. I mean, I think even my first, so I, I got my first dog when I was 10 years old. My parents liked dogs, but they just never, they traveled a lot. And, um, but basically in every picture I would ever draw of myself, I always drew myself with the dog, even though I never had one. So finally my mom said she felt so bad for me. They had to get me one. So <laughs> I, I got a dog when I was 10 and she died at like, four, which was just so sad of a really rare disease. And I just remember that was devastating because she was so young. And I remember thinking I'd have her till she was, you know, I was 20. I didn't take care of her, but I really loved her. But I, I remember it being really devastating. And then my first dog, dog, uh, I had in vet school and then he died in vet school. That was very sad. Um, yeah, that was, I, really, well, we, I euthanized him. The only uh, dog I ever had was I lost in a breakup. And I, I dated this girl for five years and really missed that dog. <laughs> I, I really did. <laughs> Why did the dog go with her and not with you? 
Uh, I mean, it was a pretty obvious choice. I was new to comedy and a uh, pretty active drug addict at the time. It was it was the right call for the dog's welfare, for sure. <laughs> it's always interesting because, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't get the dog. And uh, not like, well, I guess you could go to court, but it's not the same as, you know, family court. So. Well, I'll give you a little tip. One of my favorite tips is if you want to make sure that Your you keep the dog. favorite tip. Yeah. If you want to make sure you keep the dog in the divorce, make sure that all the medical records and all the bills or anything else is in your name. Those are the only legal documents really proving that you own the dog. So, yeah. I, for like all my girlfriends, I'm just like, make sure the dog's in your name. So. No you. splitsies. <laughs> my wife is always like, oh, here, I'll fill out the paperwork. You think she's stupid? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's a Don't setup, trust dude. her. Don't trust her. Is her name on the uh, <laughs> on the mortgage payments too? I'm going to go get a tattoo of Flip on my arm and then. <laughs> <laughs> so how many dogs had like, you know, because your videos are, I mean, well, first of all, just shameless stunts that you're pulling to, <laughs> uh, to get attention for these dogs including but not limited to Kissing Booth for a homeless pit bull, uh, Doggy Hana, the restaurant for homeless dogs, a train for homeless dogs, <laughs> and spending over $20,000 on an entire pet store for one homeless dog. <laughs> uh, so, uh, first of all, mazel, as Lisa's people would say mm -hmm. on that. But uh, how many dogs have you been a part of placing? Yeah. You know, uh, first, let me say, like, I have no shame when it comes to dogs. I will spend as much money as I can. I will do the most outlandish things. Like, if I have to, I will go stand naked on the street to get a dog adopted. Um <laughs> I don't. I wonder if that's that would the work. most outlandish thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Challenge accepted. Yeah, I will. I will do it. But, which is funny because, like, I'm not. I'm not that necessarily in real life. Like, you know, like we if we go to my wife's family reunion, um, you know, they might be like, "Well, he's not. He's not really." Manny, I don't know. Maybe he's not as friendly. He doesn't seem as like exciting as he is on his video. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because there are no right. dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also you only have to hold that together for five minutes. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and you haven't heard all kinds of horrible stories about these dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I, I actually, it's, it's probably funny. Like if you were on set, my producer and, and the guy running the camera and stuff, it's more like after six hours, they're like, can we please go home? And I'm like, no. Yeah. Let's do. Let's go jump in this giant ball pit with the dog one more time. <laughs> <laughs> but if you had to uh, to ballpark it, how many do you think that you've been involved in placing? You know what? I think uh, probably not as many as it seems because you know, like if you look at an animal rescue, they're they're getting dogs adopted on a daily basis, right? With mm. with me, I think that the difference is we probably go deeper because we get to tell the dog's story because we we take. We take kind of the harder case dogs. So we take dogs that like right now we've got a little, this little uh, cane, well, big cane corso puppy. And, <sighs> but this dude is riddled with issues. He's got. I, I believe they're called cane corsos. Just yeah, oh yeah. There. <laughs> uh, not to be a pedant. No, no, please. Now I know a lot more about you because. <laughs> <laughs> when I say cane corso, everyone, everyone, like everyone's like. Oh man, this guy! I, and I, I just love it. It's just a picadillo that I, I love bringing it up because people always say Kane, and I think they know Kane. 
but it's just, it's a good way to annoy people with a little Latin flavor. Go on. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call that kind of dog. Uh, I'm sufficiently annoyed, yeah. A dog of Corsica, I believe. <laughs> yeah, um, his, his name is uh, Kobe, or as uh, the correct pronunciation is Kobe. Kobe, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Proceed. Yeah, so, but, he, I mean, this dude, he's like, he's blind. Um, he's got neurological issues. He Now we, now he's got skin issues. Um, but I just, he, he's always oh, got to have a heart surgery in a couple months. He's, he's just a mess, right? And oh so w- what he's just going to be harder because not only do we have to work to heal him and get him through all these uh, processes, but taking a giant, um, you know, cane corso dog that's blind, that's not going to be easy. And so we really have to go deep and tell that story to make sure we find the person can, that can fully commit, that has the finances to fully commit, all of those things. And so um, that's what we really do is we, we try really hard to work with these dogs that normally uh, might not get adopted so that we can go far and wide with people that watch the videos and find the right family that can go, you know what, we have a blind dog, we can do this. Or you know what, we just retired and we have the funds, we can help with this or, you know, which is harder to do if you're just a rescue in in a small town. And how much time do do your fosters usually spend with you? You know, as long as they need. I think when I first started on that, I I went, you know what? Well, well, first we were already fostering and that's why, that's why I initially turned on the camera. I said, we're already doing this. Let's show other people how to do it. I think it's pretty interesting. And, uh, and so we started recording it and making these videos and people were like, well, I want to foster. How do you, how do you do that? And so, so we're like, oh, let's, let's do that more. And so we thought, okay, you know what, uh, let's do like six weeks and then we'll share the story and get the dog adopted. But, um, as you might guess, these dogs, they don't work on our, on our filming timeline schedule. (laughs) And so, um, so yeah, so we, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's almost disappointing where we'll be so excited. We'll bring this dog in and two weeks later they get adopted and we're like, well, okay. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then yeah. sometimes it's nine months or a year or, or just we've had hoarding dogs that just don't come out of their shell for for a long time. And so uh, we we now let the dog dictate the journey. I mean, I think one of the, you know, one silver lining of the whole uh, quarantine is how so many shelters are empty right now because people are fostering dogs because they're home and they have the time. Uh, Give your elevator pitch for the benefits of fostering. Yeah, you know, and you're, that, that's a good point because I've been, uh, we've been trying so hard to get people to pay attention to fostering and this quarantine has really helped bring it up. I've never had so many people go, oh, well, how do you foster? Because a lot of people know, like they get it. Okay, fostering is you, you foster an animal. But what does it really mean? Like who, who pays for the dog food? Who pays for the medical stuff? How long? Do you have to be an expert? Do you have like... What if you get rejected? Where do you go to fill out the application? So these are all valid questions. And uh, and I just say, you know, go for it. I, all those answers are typically different. Sometimes rescues will pay for the, they'll give you the food, they'll pay all the medical stuff. They'll say, you can, if you can keep a dog for two weeks, we'll take it. If you can keep a dog for two years, we'll take you. Um, so just reach out to your local rescue. But the thing with fostering that is neat is if you enter into it going, I'm doing this for the dog, it will change your life. You really will. Because a lot of people go, well, I don't foster because, oh, it just break my heart. Well, but you don't foster for your heart. You foster to save that animal. And so when mm-hmm. you do it and you take it from that selfless perspective, I mean, you will. Like it when you give this dog away to the new foster family, it feels like you were ripping your arm off. Um, but also your your heart is just filled with so much joy knowing that you were, you were a chapter in that dog's life that 
you know, help them write a, a really great fairy tale. Yeah. Fostering is so important. We, I think, um, I'm the medical director of a foster. We just ship in dogs from Puerto Rico. It's called Animal Lighthouse Rescue. And anyway, we really encourage our fosters not to adopt. We actually try not to have them adopt because they're so valuable to us. Um, we really, we really try not to have that happen, but they're just so, so valuable. So yeah. So your, your elevator pitch is that your arm gets ripped off, but your heart is filled up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. My my yeah. elevator yeah. pitch for fostering is all the cool kids are doing. <laughs> all the cool, that's right. That's true too. I think that's very true. Also that. I, I did a lot of clicking around the old Rocky Kanaka YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel we would be remiss if we didn't ask you to tell us the story behind the saga of Homer's first tail wag. So Homer was a dog that um, that we found. Uh, well, a, a rescue found this uh, this dog that hit someone had tied up, had leashed him up around his waist. So they likely didn't have like a clip or a collar or something like that. So they just tied up one of those rope yard tie leashes, you know, like the uh. metal ones around his waist, and he escaped. But that stayed on there. And so as he grew, kind of like if you put tied a rope around a a small tree as it grew the trunk it would grow into the trunk and so they were able it to capture looks him so painful oh so oh man it's it just yeah. heartbreaking he looked like two he looked like a mr potato head like his waist didn't look connected to his chest it was, it was right. really i've never seen anything like it and um and so they they caught him and it was a senior dog rescue and i said look we'll, we'll help we'll do whatever it takes and we, we didn't know um and a vet as a vet you will appreciate this we were worried that his insides were almost too far gone because he, his waist was so small. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, crazy. so they, they had to unstitch him and then go through and rearrange everything and put them all back together. And, um, but then, but then the, emo- the emotional healing had to happen. And that was a, that was about a three to four month journey. And so we start, we did a lot of things uh, and they just, it wasn't working. We left them alone um, that's what you typically have to do with hoarding dogs, which is hard because you take personal offense to it. You know, you go to give them their food and they don't want it. And you're like, well, I made this for you. And and it's really like as a sure. human, it, you take personal offense. And so, uh, so it's a hard process for both the human and the dog, but, but he wasn't progressing as fast as he should or, or at all. And so um, we found out we did a DNA test, found out he was a cattle dog. And so we took him to a cattle dog ranch and ran him with some other cattle dogs and you should have seen it. Like he, it instinct started to kick in it's small, but enough where he was even surprised by himself going, what am I doing? Why am I running after, <laughs> after these cattle? And, you know? and he was terrified of everything, right? Everything, his own shadow. He didn't know, he didn't know what grass was. He couldn't walk upstairs. So he would just sit at the bottom of the stairs and just, and just melt because he didn't know how to walk upstairs. Fair enough. There are no stairs in nature. Um, you know, so, uh, but then, but it was, it was crazy. The next day we come home and, uh, and I, I film a lot of the progress. So I'll just turn like the camera on in the backyard in the morning and, and we'll play or we'll try some tricks or things like that. All of a sudden he comes up to me. I thought he was going to the bathroom and then he comes up to me and his tail's wagging. I'm not, I'm kind of only halfway paying attention. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is that? And it's, <laughs> and he's wagging again. And we just started jumping up and down and my dog flip started jumping up and down and mm-hmm. I, you don't, I've never seen something like 
the light switch that fast on a dog who's never wagged their tail, always between their legs, and then boom, wagging tail. And once he knew he could do that, he couldn't stop. He was so happy. We we now call him Happy Homer because he is one of the <laughs> happiest dogs. It's like he never knew what happiness was, and now that he does, he can't stop being happy. It, it's um, it's amazing to see. That's wild. Aww, so cute. I feel like I've never seen a dog like with just a still tail before. You know, like it, it must be kind of weird to see it just because like you're so accustomed to a, a yeah, or even a, a nervous a wag. You know, I've had dog, dogs like, who like will have like low, you know, low tail nervous wag that that are about to bite me in the face. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Like a wag's not always happy. Uh, sometimes a wag's like I'm balancing myself or I'm nervous. I'm and you're gonna mm-hmm. get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, exactly. But I think the thing with him is. Uh, because of the, because of the way the sutures were and his waist was, his tail yeah. to some extent physically almost was, yeah. couldn't wag. Like he would pee on his tail, sure. and it was kind of oh, sorry, but like oh, yeah, it was so that. far tucked under. But it's because his waist was also cinched, and so he was tucked under. So I think the physical and the emotional were healing at the same time. So when that released, that's when that's when you know physically and emotionally the happiness came out, and it was. It was awesome. Yeah, that video is really fantastic. So, Rocky, we have prepared for you an old-fashioned Cosmo-style personality test. Okay. Let's get <laughs> I'm sure he's read dogs. a lot of Cosmo in his day. I, I feel like he is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to rank your dogs on a scale from 1 to 10. Okay. We're going with, uh, with Zoe and Flip here. Uh, on the Skinzy cat. <laughs> The skinzy, the skinzy kale. Yeah, so much skinzy kale. Uh-huh. There's green kale, Tuscan kale, skinzy kale. Uh, on the skinzy kale, one being the gayest, ten being the straightest. Uh, where does do Zoe and Flip land? Yeah, I think uh, I think they're both uh, a one. They're well, you know what? Let's say Zoe is a one. And Flip is a two. Okay. So you, that's as an L.A. parent, you must be very proud that you've, you've raised two very gay dogs. <laughs> wait, wait, does that mean that gay or not gay? Uh, that would be the gayest. Oh, yes. oh okay. Then, then I, I'm, uh, I fail the test already. I mean, I mean, a 10 and a 9. Oh, you homophobic bastard. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. That's not what I, I feel like this is no, a no-win quiz here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, how many trans dogs do you have? Uh, no, okay. So, uh, Grammability. How are they doing on the gram? You know what? They don't get their own Instagram Um because you want those likes for yourself. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like. But do they get more likes than you? Yeah. Well, absolutely. Like it's it's uh, man. If you ever need an ego check, just just look at the likes that your pet gets on your Instagram versus you. Like I should I should just quit. <laughs> yeah, girls with boobs uh, that doesn't apply to you because <laughs> <laughs> you've got your own puppies. <laughs> because I actually have the metrics and I can measure it. I guess then I need to say wait. So would one be good for this or 10 would be good? I'm 10. Saying, okay. So they, they are tens because you can tell I'm a one when, when I post my picture and they're 10 <laughs> when they post theirs. I have the analytics for it. Yeah. You've got actual data to back it up. <laughs> Savagery. So Zoe is a 10. She is a savage. She will, she will end your life if you look the wrong way. And she is an eight pound dog, right? Like she, if you're, if you're a robber that comes into our house, God help you with Zoe. It's not going to be flip. It's going to be Zoe. Yeah. And Flip's kind of weird. Like if he, if he really feels he's in danger, he'll turn it on and he's a completely different dog. And, and you don't want to stare down the barrel of a boxer. Um, uh-uh. But most of the time that's not the case. 
And, and you could be a complete stranger and be like, Hey, come over here. And Philip would be like, okay, cool. Am I going to come live with you? What's up? You know? And he just run off. Like, <laughs> so, I don't know where our to buddy, put it. I guess we could flip it a five. Our buddy Will from, from uh, Marking Our Territory, who has two Rhodesian Ridgebacks, said he always thought they would just like help him carry out the furniture if somebody broke in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> stamina, physical stamina. Um, they are both uh, really, really physically stamina dogs. I don't know. How you- <laughs> <laughs> I think he nailed it. Capable, stamina Yeah, so they're, they're both tens, like. Like, uh, man, Zoe, she could go for every, even though she's a senior and, and flip. Yeah. He's, he's athletic. He, unless it's a hot, let's get flipping nine. If it's a hot day, count him out. I was going to ask, cause well, cause he's got a little bit of a flat face. So that makes it harder for him. That's yep. just his confirmation. Yeah. So. And, and just, to, but the will is there. The will is there. But just to be clear, mm-hmm. if it's anything uh, over 72 degrees, flip is out. 72. <laughs> Any, yeah. Anything under 70 or anything, uh, you know, under 71, maybe out also. But between 71 and 72, he is athletic. Does he get the uh, the shoestrings of spit, Gellin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and then he, he, he flips them over his head. So then he's just wrapped in spit. It's pretty gross. Ah, uh, so hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boxers can really demolish a tennis ball too, right? Like you need to have that that scooper thing to the chuck it. You know, he is not that. Uh, he's very docile because he like, I think he just you know he had distemper. He went through so much crap, and so oh he's a pretty God. docile Crazy. boxer. But yes, yeah. any other boxer that I've seen or or spent time with, yeah, they, you know, tennis I mean, ball just the shellacking of spit they put on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gross. Yeah, I had a buddy that had a boxer that, like, you could throw that ball for him twice and be like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) This is nasty. Uh, Problem solving. Uh, So Zoe is a 10. Man, she will figure it out. I think she knows my iPhone password. Like, I I mean, (laughs) she's got it down. Um, Flip Flip can solve problems. You know, he's around a five or six. But he he more so looks for me to solve the problem, and then he'll just follow along. Yeah, he's more of a jock. Yeah. Uh, street smarts. Again, Zoe on a 10, you know, she, she like, after she breaks uh, into my iPhone with my passcode, she pulls up Google Maps and, you know, she like, knows how to get around the streets. Uh, <laughs> and then and then Flip, he, you know, he's pretty good. But like I say, he'd leave with anyone. So let's give him a four. So you think Zoe does better if, if, uh, if there's no more people? You know, is, yeah, Zoe could care less about people. Like she could... I could open the front door and, and she would she would go live the rest of her life on the streets and you know maybe check in on us once or twice like she and she'd survive too she'd be fine she'd thrive. <laughs> special skills, you know, they both have special skills in their own way. So I, I think maybe because they're my dogs, I'll give them both a ten. Can we discuss these skills? <laughs> yeah, let's. Um, Zoe, her special skills are she's really intelligent. Like she it just sounds, it sounded like their special skills were just being his dogs. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I got from that. No, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I think that's so. why I ranked him that. But Rank I got to tell you, Zoe's smart. She's got she's got skills, you know. And Flip, he's got skills. Flip, I had a stroke uh, four or five months well, ago. I, that's right. I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah, he called it out and and came in and and started crying and pounding on me and like. And he, what? Uh, yeah, it was crazy. I wouldn't have known. I almost died and I was able to call 911 fast enough because as soon as I saw him panicking, I knew it wasn't just something, you know, like low blood sugar. Or, I, I knew that he, because he's so in tune with me that he just, he threw a fit. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. And I called 911 and I'm alive today. So, wait, so you wiped out, like, you, so you, you, you fell. No. Well, so, what were your signs? Uh, I just started getting lightheaded. 
like, you know, and it got worse really quick. And I'm like, man, that, yeah, I'm hungry or like, what, what's going on here? Low blood sugar. I never, even after the stroke, I would have thought stroke. And, and so I started like lean over the, sit on the couch and, and things were going downhill really fast. I'm like, man, what, what's going on? I told my wife, I'm like, Hey, something's wrong. And then, and then Flip comes running in from outside and just starts screaming and pounding his nose into my knee. Like it had to hurt his nose and dancing and yelling. I'm like, Oh, Kelly, call 911. Something's wrong. Really? Yeah. It, it's, I mean, you know, I, I made a video like three months before where I, I fake, I faked passing out to see how Flip would react. And, you know, uh, a, lot, a lot of people in the comments were like, well, that's so mean. You're stressing him out. And I had to explain to people that uh, he knows. To, to him, this is a game, right? Like dogs can smell the chemical change in your body. And then I lived that firsthand. And he, we were always close. But I tell you what, man, after that, um, we, we've been spending a lot more time together. Yeah, you're going to want to keep him close by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're lucky that you got in and got diagnosed and got TPA right away. Is that, did yeah. you? Yeah, because, yeah. Um, you know, I, I never would have thought stroke. I would have probably just, you right. know, I don't know. When it passed, I would have gone, okay, something was really wrong. And But the, but the ambulance showed up and they took me in and they, they did a, a CAT scan. And sure enough, man, I had a stroke and they were able to catch it fast enough and then and we found out it's because it was a hole in my heart, so I had to have a heart surgery. It was it was gnarly. Oh wow! Yeah. So wow, flip for the win. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, whatever skill you bring up about whatever Zoe's got, yeah. I mean, you got to really have something in your pocket to start <laughs> well, it off with stroke spotting. Yeah. <laughs> so so flip uh, flips a ten. So, yeah, <laughs> he's a ten million. I think he's a ten million. He's our first ten million. That's amazing, yeah. man. I'm 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 very lucky. Yeah, we're yeah. we're very thankful. We're very thankful for Flip. Thankful but uh, but Zoe here. can stand on her hind legs, so that's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny when uh, <laughs> when it happened. I didn't realize at the time, but then I, you know, as stuff comes back, Flip was throwing a fit, and so what she did, she knew something was wrong, so she came over and sat on my lap, and it was kind of funny because it was kind of like, a, "It's cool, I got you, Dad. You'll be fine. I got you. I got you covered." You know, and it's like it's like, well, thank you, <laughs> you know. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it's crazy to see how dogs react to that sort of stuff. They know. Yeah. That's really amazing, man. Wow. <laughs> well, now that we've, we've, uh, hit an emotional peak, how bougie are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, neither of them are bougie at all. I'd say a one on that one. The, the, my dog Snoop who passed just recently, he would have been 10. He was, he took all, he took up all the bougie. Okay. Uh, and the final question on the, uh, the personality test is, uh, how are they at cock blocking? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Okay. Wait, but still, you got to explain this one to me because I don't, I well, don't when a man a really loves a woman, sometimes what they do <laughs> in a marital sense. Okay. He wants to know the one to 10. What's the one to 10? <laughs> uh, <laughs> 10 would be the hardest cock blockers. Okay. One would be none. Do you mean like. Okay, like they're they're sleeping in bed, and and then so you get no space in bed, and then you know the romance can't spark. Yeah, yeah, like you're trying yeah. to put your thing in her thing, and <laughs> I see. Uh, in comes a cold dog nose. Woo! Right on the hiney hole. Now, now that like you've that. Uh, yeah. now that you've really laid out the quiz for me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know Flip doesn't get on the bed because he's so big. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, and and then Zoe. Um, yeah, she just gets the boot when, you know, when the fire kicks up and so and she gets pissed about it, but who cares at that point? So I think I think we're I think they're pretty good, you know? I think uh they're they're at a 1 to 2 at most. Nice. 
Yeah, yeah very nice. It's wild dogs. over here, guys. I got to tell you, it's it's wild. That Kanaka heat, man. You can't <laughs> slow it down. Kanaka quarantine. That's what they've been calling me. <laughs> no one's called me that. But, all right, man. Uh, you've been an absolutely fantastic guest, and we thank you for all the work that you do for for your animals and for animals everywhere. And uh, the only thing left to do, I would say, is. Quizzy time to determine if you, Rocky Kanaka, deserve dogs. You know what it is. It's time for a quiz about dogs and shit. Question number one. A weatherman in Minnesota went viral this week because while he was trying to record a segment from home, his dog kept barking at what? His cat? His crotch? Squirrels outside? Or... Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> uh, I will go with squirrels outside. That is correct. Woo! We have to watch this together. Maple, can you stop just for a second? Three, Maple. two, one. More cold air. Three, two, <laughs> one. Cold air continues across the area tonight. Potential for some frost and freeze for some of us. Warm up, it's going to take... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey. Uh-huh. hey, hey, come here, come here, <laughs> come here, sit. Oh, this Three, will calm her down. Two, one. Three, two. <laughs> Frost and freeze for some of us again tonight. The cold air is lingering through much of the week. We'll show you when the best chance of precipitation is with Futurecast. <laughs> there was half a second left that he had to hold it for that last oh man that's good okay shout out to that guy <laughs> okay question two the national holiday of 420 just passed and all kinds of pet companies are getting in on the marijuana legalization craze which of these companies went viral this week for their tip of their hat towards weed culture was it Rachel Ray's new Trish putting out a limited run of dog weed called New Kush? <laughs> Was it Dog TV with a voiceover taunting its viewers, telling them that they know they're human and they know they're high? <laughs> Was it Playology putting out a new flavor of eggs and peanut butter toys, which dogs would only eat when they're high? Or was it BarkBox with toys that looked a whole lot like bongs and joints? <laughs> well, I, I wish it was all of them, especially I wish Rachel Ray was doing that. Uh, but, yeah, she just started slinging dogweed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the answer, nonetheless, is BarkBox. You said that with some authority, Rocky. Well, I guess I'm up on the dogweed voice. <laughs> and that is correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, BarkBox stuffed its boxes with a, quote, science beaker, a long spinach burrito, not to mention a Big green oregano leaf. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. And uh, dog parents were concerned that these toys might lead to their dogs having fun, making friends, and getting laid. <laughs> Final question. Dude, you're playing with house money here. Okay, okay. We got, <laughs> I got to get this one right, though. So, I mean, you're just, you're just no going pressure. for the for the trifecta here. Yeah. All the pressure. Okay. A dog named Josie on TikTok with the appropriate handle at a dog named Josie had a video this week that already has over a quarter million likes. That video shows Josie standing on her hind legs, eating a human's dinner right out of the pot, right off the stove. My question is, who is to blame? Josie, 
her parents the food or the game? Well, <laughs> well, one, it's never the dog. But I think I think I got to go with the game just because that was even an option. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> a dog is going to dog and you can't hate the player. You just the game. <laughs> three oh, for man. three for Rocky Kanaka. Wow. I don't know. Have we had a three for three? I mean, if you really want to pump his tires, oh, we'll say I mean, no. with, without like winking at him or giving him any. <laughs> yeah, wow. there, there was no winks, no hints. Yeah. Just that it was it was a clean three for three. Not no, that we do that. No, we don't do that. No, no. we've mm-hmm. never helped we anybody yeah. not Mm-mm. not pass this test. <laughs> uh, Rocky, man, we thank you so much, buddy. Your videos are awesome, and the work that you do is so cool. And can you tell people where to find you? Yeah, you know, just. At Rocky Kanako, wherever there I'll be, and we'll we'll hang out. Right on. Are you sure they're all you? There are no yeah. fake Rocky Kanaka. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Type in that really made it. Yeah, type yeah. in Rocky Kanaka and just see what comes up. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah that guy can really cry on command. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys can find me. Everything is at Richie Redding, and uh, stay tuned because very soon my uh, my new comedy album is going to go on sale or or on pre-sale. I'm calling it uh, number one comedy album of the year. That's the name (laughs) of... (laughs) It's the name of the album. And uh, where can they find you, babe? At Dr. Lisa Lippman. Okay. Dude, thank you so much. Bye, guys. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I'm Richie Redding. And I'm Dr. Lisa Lippman. Yeah. And you can find both of us at our respective handles, those exact names, at Richie Redding, at Dr. Lisa Lippman. And uh, I just want to give special thanks to our editor, of course, who is Jordan Aaron, and our executive producer, King Joffrey himself, Jeff Umbro, of The Podglomerate. And you can find more of their shows at thepodglomerate.com. Some of the music in this episode comes from Breakmaster Cylinder. Make sure to check out the sponsors you heard in this episode because that really helps provide the show to you free of charge. Let them know we sent you. It also really helps people to find the show if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode on socials. Tag us at We Don't Deserve Dogs and let us know what you thought. We'll see you next week when we return with another episode of We Don't Deserve Dogs. All content provided on We Don't Deserve Dogs is for informational purposes and entertainment value only. None of the content on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to constitute third-party veterinary advice or any other third-party professional advice. The content We Don't Deserve Dogs distributes or transmits should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice. Nothing on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to be used as a veterinarian's diagnosis, veterinary treatment, or any other veterinary service and should not be relied on to affect the medical therapy of any pet. Nothing transmitted to or from We Don't Deserve Dogs can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. Your dependence on the content of any information found on or transmitted by We Don't Deserve Dogs is at your own risk. For veterinary care and advice, please see your veterinarian. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.